Hello. You know, one of the things I've noticed uh, in this church, and, and, and it's not just this church, but different churches, is the worship team will say, let's shout. And everybody goes, ah. we, we worship great, but we're not good shouters. Yeah, or dancers. This is all true. You know, I actually pastored a church that uh, we learned to worship the Lord and all the things that we find in the, in the Psalms, lifting up the hands, the shout, uh, dancing, bowing, all those things. And uh, everybody in the whole church, no matter what age, all would dance. Now, we had some people who could not keep rhythm to save their life. So they would hold on to a chair or a pew and they'd jump on one foot usually offbeat, but they were still worshiping the Lord. And sometimes the anointing would fall. The Spirit of God would fall on us, and we'd dance for 30 minutes. I mean, really dance. And, you know, that, that is, uh, that's really not that easy to do. And God would just come. And, and the word kind of got out because sometimes we'd have guest ministers from different parts of the world, and they would come. And it got out that God would sometimes fall on the worship, and he'd just take over the service, and that's all we would do. And uh, so we had this one guy that I didn't know, but I was asked by mutual friends to let him come and speak. And, and he was from New Zealand. And uh, we had one of those nights where the Spirit of the Lord fell, and we just worshiped, and then we danced and danced, and, and we used all the time up. There was no more time for anything to go on. So I apologized to him, and he said, no. No, no, I asked the Lord to do this, you know. So uh, some people think those are the very best services. Now, to preachers, that's just difficult to live with. But so I, uh, I'm going to play a, a few songs, and uh, the last two probably a little more worshipful than this. This is more of a praise song. Uh, you don't know it, but I'm going to teach you the chorus really quick. It's a very simple song, uh, but I'm going to divide you up into three groups. Oh, look. You already are, and uh, this group—you're the—I mean, you're the backbone. You're going to have to sing your part six times. Now, the difficulty is it's one note. Okay, I say this is your note. If you're up here, don't don't sing. And the words are very difficult. Shout. That's your word. Okay? So I'll just do it a little bit, and then you'll join in. And then we'll go to you, and then <laughs> you guys are the strength of it. Shout. Shout. You got it? You can do it. All right. I believe in you. You're going to do this six times. Six times. Six. This group, you're going to do yours four. Now, yours is far more difficult. Shout, shout to the Lord. Shout, shout to the Lord. Can you get it? They're very smart. We're going to rely on this group. So they're going to do theirs two times, and they're going to keep going. And then you're going to come in, and you're going to do two, four times. And then this group does two, and then we go to the verses, providing I can remember the words. We do have them to put up. So if you see me doing this, you'll know what has happened. Okay, middle group. This is your part. You ready? You're the strength of it. Shout, shout, shout to the Lord. Shout, shout, shout to the Lord. You got it. You guys, we could, we could start a choir. You got your part? Okay. You're sure? Okay, you ready? I'm going to play it through and then uh, we'll start. Here we go. Shout, shout, shout. 
shout, shout to the Lord. Shout, shout to the Lord. Here we go. Shout, shout, shout to the Lord. Shout, shout, shout to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Shout his salvation from day to day. Shout his glory among the nations. Shout his glory among all people. He rules and reigns today. He rules and reigns today. He reigns. He is the risen King. Go. You, you let you let us you let us down over here. Okay, see they're still going. Hang on now, time out. What what happened over here? Didn't get a cue. <laughs> okay, we're ready. We're gonna do it one again. You try to get good help. Shout, 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 shout to the Lord. Shout, shout to the Lord. Shout, shout, shout to the Lord. Shout, shout, shout to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Save us, O God, of our salvation. We gather to shout your holy name. We triumph in your praise. We triumph in your praise. We triumph, he is the risen King. Shout, shout, shout to the Lord, shout, shout to the, everybody, shout, shout, shout to the Lord, shout, shout, shout to the Lord, shout, shout, shout to the Lord, one more, shout, shout, shout to the Lord, he rules and reigns today. He rules and reigns today. He reigns. He is the risen King. Amen. Shout to the Lord. Amen. Shout to the Lord. Amen. Shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, Lord. to keep it up though do you know I was doing a conference in Australia and I got up to speak and the Lord just kind of fell on me and I knew he wanted to take us somewhere in worship and I just started to clap bump slowly bump and then it just started to increase and then people in this conference started to clap and they and we got faster and we just started clapping and it got louder and then the youth group the, that was there they began to dance and to shout and to do all kinds of things in the whole place we did 30 minutes of shouting and clapping before the Lord it's not the, the expertise it's just the heart when we come into worship Sitting at the right hand is our King. Authority and power, He reigns over everything. By the power of the Spirit, the nations will come. 
Obeying his every command, they bow and sing. Faithful and true is the Lord God Almighty. Faithful and true is the Lord. Faithful and true is the Lord God Almighty. Faithful and true is the Anointed on the holy mount, he reigns over all. The king priest is seated, his enemies will fall. Arrayed in holy majesty, Scepter in hand People from every nation Will follow his call Faithful and true Is the Lord God Almighty Faithful and true is the Lord. Faithful and true is the Lord God Almighty. Faithful and true is the This day of your power, we worship at your feet to go forth in triumph, declaring death's defeat, healing broken lives. And breaking every yoke By the power of your spirit The darkness must retreat Faithful and true Is the Lord God Almighty Faithful and true is the Lord. Shed blood on that tree. A crown of thorns in his obedience his body torn stand with me faithful and true is the Lord God almighty Faithful and true is the Lord. Faithful 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord hallelujah just lift your voice whether it's in English or whether it's by the spirit just lift your voice and just praise him we declare your faithfulness Lord glory to your name Jesus yes Jesus yes Lord Hallelujah. Rule over the nations. Rule over the earth. Rule over the nations, bring them second birth. The heavens are open, and upon a white horse rides the warrior Messiah the King Rides a warrior Messiah the King Conquer the nations Conquer the earth, conquer the nations, and rule by your word. The heavens are open, and upon a white horse rides a warrior. Messiah the King Rides a warrior Messiah the King Let us ride in his army on horses of white dressed in fine linen we'll ride in his light all nations exalted each one to sing the warrior Messiah the King The warrior Messiah the King Rides a warrior Messiah the King Let us ride in his army on horses of white, dressed in fine linen. 
we'll ride in his light all nations exalted each one to sing the warrior messiah the king sing with me the warrior Messiah, the King, rides the warrior, Messiah, the King, rides the King, who rides the King. Exalted One, Glorious One, Magnificent One, Jesus, we stand before you this day. We hear a cry of your Spirit beckoning us to come and ride in your army. We have heard in the worship, in the song of the Lord, your glory, your majesty. We invite you in greater ways now to impact us and let us be a people that hear your voice and rise up and follow after you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a hug, will you? Thank you. Sure. Okay. Amen. Praise God. This group sang shout through the whole song. Just want you to know. All three songs. They were, no. Just. <laughs> I appreciate it. If I were to give a title to this message, it would be Let Us Ride in His Army. Those last two songs were either directly taken from the book of Revelation or based on passages from the book of Revelation. And we're going to go to the book of Revelation for a little bit, but uh, I've got to watch the time. So um, turn with me. I'm, I'm literally I'm going to preach from Genesis to Revelation, but I am going to skip Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and on. But we are going to look at Genesis and Revelation. The thing about the Word of God is what God begins in Genesis... He brings to fruition in the book of Revelation. Okay? And we see what God intended, we see what was lost, and we see how God redeems for the next 4,000 years. Amazing. Genesis chapter 1, and I want to talk about some of the purposes of God in the earth. That You have to understand this thing about salvation is what God created and set forth and began he wants to complete. He wants to restore. We, at the end of the book, we get a new heavens and a new earth. Okay. Now, most of your Christ people in your Christianity, you think that the goal of Christianity is to go to heaven. Trust me when I say that heaven is just a, a resting point 
until there's a new heavens and a new earth. It'll be a glorious resting place. In fact, when it says, in my father's house are many mansions, that's a terrible translation. It really is, in my father's house are many places for you to rest and come into the presence of the Lord until a new heavens and a new earth. I'm for it. Because my Christianity is not based just, I shouldn't use that word, just at the beginning of entering and knowing him, but it's based all the way to the resurrection. And even past that, if, I, if the Lord tarries, it goes into him coming. That's where my faith is. That's where our daily faith has to be. So this book of Genesis, uh, you know, the people that I have pastored, they know that if I'm going to preach, they'll just turn to Genesis. Because these three, first three chapters, okay, first nine, okay, first 22, all right, do the whole book, is what the rest of our experience and word is built upon. I want to show you about four major things that God is wanting to do. And he's wanting to do these things in us and specifically in Fireworks Church. And I intend to try to address some of the things that I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us as a church and to the whole body of Christ. Okay, we, we know the, the seven uh, times that the Holy Spirit saw, God saw that it was good. When you get down to verse 26 of chapter 1, we find God planning to make man, announcing he's going to make man, and then announcing what he's going to do with this man. Now, when we talk about creation, you can never separate creation from the glory of God. Because what God did in creating, he created a place that he could come and dwell in the midst of all his creatures. Hello? And when we talk about the glory of God... You have to understand that it has an idea to it or definition to it that it speaks of his preeminence. It speaks of his lordship. It speaks of his enthronement. It speaks of his very nature. And it speaks, you know, very, very importantly of when God comes, oftentimes we say, oh, the glory was there. Yeah, it was, but it was because Jesus was there. And we need to kind of switch that around. Now, you might want to curl your toes up because I'm going to step on them at this point. I did this in one church, this particular point, And one of the ladies in the church who I pastored for years, mouth fell open and it never closed through the whole message. You have heard and maybe have taught that there's the glory and then there's the Shekinah. I got news for you. The word Shekinah is found nowhere in the Bible. It is a word that was put together. It's a compound word by the rabbis after they had come back from Babylon to try to describe a dwelling place of God, where God dwelt. So when you say to me, well, we experienced the glory, but... We're waiting for the Shekinah. I'm going to tell you, no. We're waiting for the glory. When God's glory comes, whether it's a giant manifestation or a small manifestation, it is because he has come and because we're seeing him as Lord. It's just that we get to, get to experience the effulgence of it, the splendor of it, the majesty of it, the beauty of it, the joy of it, the wonder of it. Who doesn't want to leave that place? You know, I had a, a great dream one time of heaven. I actually I have another song that I wrote about it. And in this dream, I was in heaven... And there were multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people. The odd thing was you could see each one of them individually. Isn't that the way it is with God? He sees us all, but he sees each one of us. 
And over here, there was a group that were, were laughing and talking, and another group over here dancing, and people, people just rejoicing. The joy was incomprehensible. And when the Lord began to make his entrance into this great hall, everybody rushed to the throne and were dancing before the Lord. And I've realized that so many times we get these really lame quote and unquote visions and stories about people to going to heaven. I assure you, it is a glorious place. And anybody who's gone there doesn't want to come back. Come on. And if that's true for a stopping point until the new heavens and earth comes, just imagine what the new heavens and the new earth is going to be like. Yeah, let's give the Lord a round of applause on that. Okay. In verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, the image of God, we, we, we know that we're being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, the image of the Son of God, the image of God. But you've got to understand that when Adam and Eve were created, they were created to bear the glory of God. They were people who were created to manifest His glory. And God's perfect goal was that they would not have sinned, but they would have continued to eat of the tree of life. They would have been renewed, revived, sustained, all of those things. They would have had children in the garden. And then as, as they had so many children that they couldn't stay in the garden, they would expand the garden. And as that group of people married and has children, they would expand. And then the whole earth would be filled with the glory of the Lord. Okay? Now, we want God to just come sovereignly and go, and God says, but I want to take you into every dark place so that you can be, as you are, the light of the world. And there, the Shekinah, the glory, the kabod, the doxa, whatever you want to call it, is made manifest. Every time you pray for somebody and God heals them, the glory is being made manifest. I have no authority within myself, but I have a lot in Jesus. When you preach the gospel, you talk about what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do, you're prophesying. Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We are a people who are empowered by God. We bear his glory. We bear that imprint and that power. And we are a people that can see God do incredible things. Because we are his servants, his sons, his daughters. We're his people. Come on. Okay. When God makes man, he says, let us make him in our image. And the main thing that I just want you to see is that, that being in the image of God continues even after the fall. James actually says we can't curse and, and bless out of the same mouth because even those who don't know the Lord were still originally created in his image. And what we're trying to do is see them come to salvation and be restored back into the image of God. Now, one of the things I love about this church and Ann and I loved when we first came here is that Jesus came to church. We always appreciate that. You know, you can go to some churches and Jesus doesn't go to church there. But the presence of God is what we build our lives around. We build our lives around his lordship, his throne, his person, his glory, all that he is, and specifically all that he wants to do. So he goes on in verse 28, and God blessed them. 
Blessed, most of us, you know, we, we sort of know what that means. I love to ask people, what does it mean to be blessed by God? Well, you know, blessed. Okay, but what does that mean? You know, blessed. But really and truly what being blessed by God is, is an empowering of His Spirit through His life, through His grace, and a shining forth of His favor. And then I love to ask people, well, what's grace? And I hate the definition they give me. They say it's unmerited favor. I go, that's true, but that's not the definition. The definition, charis, has to do with the heart of God, the joy and the delight and the love and the, the beauty, the thrill that God has in giving us a supply of his life so that we can know him and be changed like him and walk in his mercy and his grace. Oh God, I need your grace. Well, grace comes with joy. Grace comes with peace. Grace comes with hope. Grace comes with love. Grace comes with life. It even comes with patience. He blessed them, he empowered them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. So the image of God, be fruitful and multiply, and subdue it. Now, I wish I could give you a really sweet, special word for subdue, but it just means to subdue. It is to bring someone subservient. Bring the world subservient. See, you and I think that the goal of our Christianity is just as we've talked about in this church, just to build churches. But God's goal is to bring all men and all women, all people, to a place of acknowledgement of his lordship and bowing before his throne. And what we're doing is one of warfare, of going to take those who are held captive by nations by Satan, by sin, by death, and we are called to go and re to release the captives, to heal those that are sick, to heal those that are brokenhearted, to break off the darkness of their lives, and we do that because we are bearers of His glory and His light, and it is God's purpose from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And he says, I, I want you to have dominion. Now listen. I don't want to get weird about dominion. But I want to see the church, when, when problems come up, the church gathers and said, we're going to seek our God. And we're going to pray and we're going to see him exercise authority in whatever way he wants. And we're going to see his dominion in this place. In 2008, God gave me a, a vision. And in the vision, uh, I saw the enemy. And he was amassing all his hordes. And the Lord said, warn the pastors to get the people into a place where they are solid in the foundations of their faith. Because the enemy is coming with a great attack. I thought that the financial attack which upset the whole world was probably it. Little did I know that year after year after year, we saw the very order and the values that we understand to be true in God absolutely decimated. And the world that we live in now, they, they refuse any absolutes and they make up their own. Well, I got news for you. The day is coming. And the purpose of the church is preaching the gospel and making disciples and bringing them back to a place of the order of God. And God is in, insistent that he's Lord. I've tried to talk him out of it many times to no avail. He is Lord and he is ruling over the nations. I had... Speaking at a conference, again, in Australia, and the pastor had been at a conference in India, and we, we arrived at the conference at the same time. And uh, if you've had anything to do with India, you know they've got like 
400 million idols. It's absolutely crazy. And if you've known missionaries who've worked there, you, they will tell you that when they begin to worship those idols, they start to lose the ability to think, the ability to function as a normal human being because the enemy steals it from them. But you know what? My family has supported missionaries in India since I was a little boy. And God gave me in that conference faith that India can become a Christian nation. I can't do it. No one person can do it. But God certainly can bring India to salvation. Now, we know that Adam's sin and Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden. It doesn't tell us what kind of car, but they were driven out. I just can't ever resist it. It's just always there. You know, it's like when in, in the book of Acts, when they're all in one accord, you go, how did they all get in that car? You know, it's just stuff. My chiropractor and I tell Bible jokes back and forth, you know. <laughs> we have a good laugh. I'm still working on that Hebrews in here. Okay, let's go to Revelation chapter 1 because I'm running out of time. How many of you will give me five minutes if I need it? Can I see your hand? Yeah. Hold them up, will you? Just 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, all right. <laughs> Revelation, see, it's an easy thing to do to preach from Genesis to Revelation. Now, again, curl your toes. The first first verse says this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not a revelation of world events. It's not interpreted by world events. It's interpreted by the scripture. Scripture interprets scripture. Therefore, when we go to this book, we're looking at what Jesus, who Jesus is, what he has done, and he keeps giving us these pictures. We go in, in Revelation 4, we see a picture of the Father, Upon the throne, Revelation 5, we see the lamb that was slain, invested as the king of kings and lord of lords, who sits down with his father, and the worship we found in Revelation 4 that went to the father, we see that same worship now going to the son, because the Lord has returned to his glory. Now, having said that, let's look at a couple of scriptures just in this first chapter, and I'm going to have to skip some stuff, but uh, verse 9 I, John, your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, being in the Spirit on the Lord's day is not just feeling good. And God, you know, you're going through your list and you just felt the presence of the Lord and it was so dear to your heart. <laughs> it is actually being before his throne. You see, in the, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, and, and through chapter 3, the Spirit of God is hovering over the chaos and the darkness. And the first thing that God says is, let there be light. And revelation came. When you get to Genesis, chapter 3, when, when the Lord shows up in the garden, he was in the ruach of the day. Not the cool of the day, but the spirit of the day. And it's a word that has to do with judgment, with coming in and seeing what was happened. God didn't show up in the garden and say, what's going on here? What's happened? He came and he said, where are you? Okay, he came in judgment. I thank God that he pronounced redemption. The seed of the woman crushed the head of the seed of the serpent. We sometimes need to dig a little deeper and see what the word is actually saying and what is actually taking place. Okay. John's in the spirit. He's in this place of worship. He's in this place of the manifest presence of God. And he says, I hear behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. And he turns around and he, and he hears the voice say, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. 
And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstand was the, like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the feet, and girded about the chest in golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like the fine brass, as if refined in the furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Now first, and I have to just move beyond this, but just looking at this transcendent Jesus, we're seeing this one who has returned to the glory that he had with his father before the foundation of the world. It, it's not Jesus meek and mild here. Okay? It's Jesus the judge of all. And in this passage, first we hear Jesus' voice is like a trumpet. We could go back in the word and see so many times where God's word came as a trumpet. And now we see it it's as many waters. It's a big word. It can be like a big river, big waterfall. It can either be thunderings. And that's important to us because when we get to Revelation chapter 19, we're moving fast today. When we get to Revelation 19, you're going to see that the church begins to worship God like the sound of many waters and thunder. And I want to say to you as a church, God is wanting to bring our voice to a place of thundering in the earth. That the power of the Lord thunders and sets people free. I want to see the enemy flee when we come into a place. Come on. Martha was talking about Jesus said that these works that I do, you're going to do greater works than these. When Jesus would show up, the demons would start to scream. There's many times that, that many of you probably have had the same experience. There's reaction by the enemy. Well, now we need to take the, the message of the gospel, the message of the goodness of God, and let it thunder. But it's got to do something first in us. Okay, turn to Revelation chapter 19. Am I talking to the right people today? Okay, I gotta cut this short. 19 verse 1 And these things I heard a loud voice. Have you noticed that in heaven everything seems to be pretty loud? So when next time the worship director, leader says shout, what do you think it should be? It, it, should, it might be good if we did it loudly. I actually, I know, I'm terrible, but I look around whenever they say that. And I look around, some people go, ah, ah. You know, if, you, if your kids were here and they were misbehaving and you just had had it up to here, you would be shouting. You're all looking at me, no, we never shout at our children. <laughs> right. I've had the privilege of going to many different cultures and I'll teach on worship and, and, and really shouting to the Lord or singing to the Lord. And I've had so many different people say, says, well, Ray, you see, here in England, we're, we're very reserved, quiet, you see. We're not like you Americans. I just give them the dirtiest look I can give them. Because I used to teach at a Bible training institute in, in London and one, I taught in two, and one of them was in Newham, right by a major football or soccer stadium. And, and when that, that stadium, whatever was going on, and it was so loud, you couldn't believe it. And, and if we got out, I remember doing a graduation, speaking of the graduation, and we had to wait 30 minutes inside the building because it wasn't safe to go outside because the home team had lost. And so there was yelling and fighting and throwing things. And so we're waiting. But I want to tell you, every culture will try to say to me, that's just not us. Well, you know what? You're citizens of the kingdom of God, and it's God culture. It's God culture. Don't make me get one of those electronic cattle prods and come by. I used to want to wire the seats in the church, you know. Just to get them moving, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. 
Okay, so here's this great multitude in heaven. Now, I know you're going to want to tell me they're either angels or they're people who are already dead. But let me ask you a question. Are you seated in heavenly places? So this could possibly in this chapter be actually referring to the church. Because this book deals with the end of the old covenant and the institute of the new covenant. So possibly we're actually talking about you and I who are seated in heavenly places. We like to look at that from this point of view and say, I'm seated with, in heavenly places and we're still looking up. <laughs> but when you're seated in heavenly places, you're looking down. You're moving by the Spirit of God and you're looking down. Okay. Salvation, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor, power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. And again they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. Listen, when God brings judgment, we, we, we've been trained to say, oh, no, no, we can't judge. But when God judges, you better rejoice in the fact that he's judged. Because he does it in righteousness. The 24 elders, the four living creatures, they fall down and worship God. And they say, Amen, Hallelujah. And then a mysterious voice, we don't know who he is. Verse 5, then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. Now that word is written in the imperative. It's not written in the suggestion. Whether you like this or not, if you are a Christian, you are commanded to praise God. Because he is worthy. He doesn't leave it to you. It's not a personal expression. It's a corporate expression. It's an expression for all of us. And sometimes you come to church and you just don't want to do it. I'm laughing at your head bobbing because uh, I talked to a pastor this week who's been working with this young man who is homeless and he is, has some mental problems, but God's been healing him and, and uh, he loves the presence of God. He's struggling with all kinds of things. He loves the presence of God. And the pastor said, well, when we're dancing and the Lord calls us to dance, you really need to dance because there's a place of release. And he said, well, didn't you see my head bobbing? I've laughed about that for days, you know. So I just want you to know that dancing before the Lord is not head-bobbing, okay? Saying amen is not head-bobbing. Oh. Just know that when the anesthesia wears off from the presence of the Lord, you're going to have some incisions. Um, verse 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of... Many waters and the sound of mighty thunderings saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. Now, jump down to verse 11, and I've only got a couple of minutes. I've got to do this. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was faithful and true in righteousness. He judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and his name written that no one except himself, and, and that really is just, it's a name that's exclusive to him. He was clothed with a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. We know who this is. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, White and clean followed him on white horses. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he goes on and he talks about the judgment. Now listen, the word of God teaches us that the whole earth is under judgment at this point. We have the ability to go in and release them from that judgment through the preaching of salvation. But God is looking this day for this church and for the body of Christ to rise up and say, I'm going to join the army of God. 
I want to ride in your army. Now, it, many of you may be military people, but in my understanding that when you go to basic training, they start reprogramming you. How you think. They teach you how to come under authority. They teach you how to be on time. What a revolutionary thing that would be for any church. <laughs> they teach you how to use weapons. They look at, at, at your strengths and they try to utilize your strengths. In this year, God is calling us to a new level of discipline and a new level of renewing of our mind by the word of God and a new instruction by the word of God that we might be those that ride on white horses and go out with him to make war and to bring deliverance in the earth. That means we have to learn in worship the times of warfare to enter in and let God come and bring deliverance. Hello? It's not all standing on the corner and yelling at the devil. With the high praises of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand, we, set, we bind the kings and nobles in the enemy's camp to set people free. This is a day in which God is calling you and uh, me and the body of Christ to a new level of prayer. Not just individual prayer, but corporate prayer. We need to learn how to pray together. You know, there's a story about the Apostle John when he's very old. They took him to church, carried him in, and then he heard the people praying. And when they said amen, it was like thunder. We are people that need to, to raise our voices and raise our hearts and say, Oh, God, train me. Teach me to run when you say run. Teach me to be silent when you say silent. Teach me to speak when you say speak. Teach me, Oh, God. This is a year, and it's, it's upon us. It is upon us. It is a day in which we have to say, I'm signing up. I'm joining the army I'm going to ride whatever place you can use me. Use me, O oh God, that I might set the captives free. If you know God is speaking that to you, would you just stand with me? Worship team, you did a great job this morning. It's a good presence of the Lord. Bertie, your song of the Lord took us where we needed to, to go at that moment. Thank you. Let's lift our hands. Let's just surrender. And we say, Lord, I voluntarily, with being of sound mind, I choose to ride in your army. For you're going forth into the nations to bring deliverance and bring salvation and to see your house established. God, I want to go with you. I want to be useful to you. Teach me. You don't have to know everything yet. Just ask God to teach you. And church, we have got to provide the places and times for training in these things. We need God to provide a building that allows us to do some of these things. We have to grow and learn and train and move forward. Now, O oh God, as you have been in our midst, we ask that your glory would fall upon us in a new way. And in this day we would go forth, we'd see the tabernacle of David established, its ruins raised up, O oh God, in a places of worship, and a places of knowing your presence and your lordship. And God, let there be empowering. And where people have different voices, let there be an empowering by your spirit. This we pray, Father, this day.